1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Graham, and I will be your host today. Joining me from Red Rocks Church, we have Andrew Matrone. What's good, fam? Ooh.
0: Keep it going, Thank keep you. it going. Let's <laughs> up a shout of praise for Andrew Matrone. Oh, yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> I'll praise to the Lord. And joining <laughs> us as well, we have Whitney Bess. Hi. Whitney Bess in
0: the house. I'm here.
1: All right, guys, I'm not wanting to get ahead of myself, but we have a holiday coming up very soon. Mm. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Yes. And I'm just curious. I want to throw out some options for you and see what traditional Thanksgiving food you would choose mm. one versus another. So Whitney, we'll okay. start with you. Okay. I'm going to give you a hard one right up right up top. Are we going mac and cheese or are we going mashed potatoes and gravy?
0: Oh, Mashed potatoes. If you don't say that, I do not trust you. Yeah, for
1: sure. Okay.
0: Oh. <clears throat> are you a mac and cheese guy?
2: You look like a mac and cheese guy. Some something, something dirty about you uh, looks like oh, a mac and no. cheese guy. I was,
1: just about, <laughs> I was just about to say no way.
2: Well, too late. You're you're hey. a mac and cheese oh, guy.
1: Please. What are you, <laughs> you mustard kid or something? Like I hate mustard. Okay, Andrew, would you go turkey or pumpkin pie? Ooh. Uh turkey. You're a monster. Yeah, obviously, i just gonna say turkey. No, Thanksgiving can literally be all sides and no turkey, and I'm totally fine. Really? With that.
2: Yeah, you're you're mac cheese guys.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, what's what's like one of the weird weird side dishes your like aunt or great aunt would always bring over to uh Ooh. to like Thanksgiving or like a holiday? Well, my family's
2: like Italian, and so uh, we'll have like Italian really though, but <laughs> we'll have like Italian dishes and stuff. What, what's, really? like a, what's like, like a what? weird one? Oh, dude, there's like pasta and different things Thanksgiving.
0: Really? That's not mm. like
2: weird, though.
0: So you are a mac and cheese guy,
2: Andrew.
1: <laughs> you are. You're the mac and cheese guy. They always deflect. Italian. Milana, you
2: guys Do you guys have some Italian food at, at Christmas? Yeah, like we bring out like the Christmas cookies and stuff, like Italian cookies for dessert and pumpkin pie. But my family's okay. like bougie when it comes to cooking and stuff. Uh-huh. So we don't do like green bean
1: casserole. Wow, you are oh, that missing is, yeah. out.
0: That's, like, one of my favorite, like, secret. Green bean casserole is yeah. the best. Yeah,
1: and this might, yeah. Th- this is worse than being a mac and cheese person. I want the green bean casserole with the green beans from a can. Like, I want them yeah. marinating Mushy. in water. Yeah. Like, so they are, like, uh-huh. degrading. <clears throat> like, they're, they're, like, breaking down. Yeah, the and then that
0: French, French is... Crispy onions. Yes. Ooh.
1: Sorry that Whitney and I, grew, you must have grown up with a yeah. silver spoon in you your mouth. You are too or bougie something. for me. I'm cultured. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Whitney, any weird things your uh, aunt and uncles would bring over?
0: Okay, this is a weird thing. It was sweet potato pie.
1: That's not weird.
0: That. But you're from the South. So Y'all have
1: the weirdest concept of weird. my Pecan <clears throat> aunt- pie. Shout out to my aunt if she's listening to this. I don't know. She brings over like she's not. pretzel. <laughs> she sometimes does. No, she-, she brings over pretzels that are you know how like Jim puts Dwight stuff in jello? Mm-hmm. She makes jello, but there's pretzels oh, inside I, yep, covered yep. in whipped cream.
0: Yeah. I've had that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and we'll just leave it at that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Guys, write in. Let us know on Instagram what your weird dish is for Thanksgiving. No, I'm kidding. Um, Hey, over the past couple weeks, abrupt stop, hard change, here we go. We have been in a relationship series. We started off talking about um, what to look for, talked about your single, or uh, wow, season of singleness. We did two weeks on dating, sort of this idea of how to prep for dating and what to do if you feel like you're ready and you're just getting into relationships. And then last week we talked about Sort of navigating serious relationships. And we talked about everything from, um, you know, playing house, uh, how, how do you know when it's right to break up? And so um, some good stuff. So if you haven't heard, go back and listen. But today we are talking about sex. S E X. Sex. The sound. That was me. I'm the hype guy. Really <laughs> helps. Um, but before we jump in, I want to say up top, I kind of want to paint God's picture for sex. I want to talk about his original intent for it because I think so often in the church or in the Christian world, there's this negative view of sex or at least this idea that sex is just really bad until one day it's not. And that can be really confusing. Um, And I read in this book, Loveology, we've referenced it like a hundred times. John Mark Homer says something really interesting and I love it. It's a very strong statement. He says, we were sexual before we were sinful. And I think that's really powerful, that we were sexual beings before we were sinful. God made us sexual. We were intentionally designed as sexual beings, and God called us good. Sex did not make us sinners. Um, Sex was a gift given from God to uh, enjoy, not only for practical procreation of humanity, but for the enjoyment, the connection of a man and a woman to come together. And so sex isn't this ominous thing that we're here to avoid or deny until we feel um, shame about it one day and then it's magically okay. Sex is a gift, um, but like any gift, it's made to be enjoyed in the proper context. For example, if one day I buy Aaron a boat she will get zero enjoyment or satisfaction of the boat if she tries to drive it down I-25 or C-470. <laughs> Seriously. About watch. Yeah. If anything, she'll damage it, you know, and end up probably hurting herself. But if she drives the boat in the right condition, out in the water, in the ocean, whatever. She's gonna experience the fullness of what that boat was really made to be and bring her. And the same goes for sex. It's this amazing gift that's meant to be enjoyed free of guilt or shame or regret, or consequences when it's used in the right context and in the right condition. and And that's the framework that we're going to come from mm. today when we talk about sex, that sex <laughs> is good, and that when it's done in a way that honors God and is enjoyed between a husband and a wife, it can be one of the most fulfilling and healing experiences that we can have this side of eternity. But when sex is used in the wrong context, it can be one of the most damaging things to our heart, to our identity and eventually our sexuality and other partner moving forward. And so today we want to have an honest and open conversation about sex in hopes that we can encourage you and push you to honor God with your sexuality and therefore be able to enjoy the beauty and the power of sex in a free and bonding way. So with that said, we're going to jump in to today's podcast.
2: Yeah, I think that this is a really, really important thing to talk about. And I think that the reality is that, yes, sex within the context of marriage um is when I think it's it's deemed good in God's sense. But also sex inside the covenant of marriage can be really manipulative. It can be yeah. it can really derail a relationship. Um But I think that this topic we always want to be be sensitive with, with this topic because yeah. I think that the second that you're listening right now and you've talked about dating, all these things, but then the second we talk about like this topic of sex, it brings up a lot of things. It brings up um, shame because of something that happened to you, something that you did um, that you're, you've tried to be like a new person, but sex was like something that was used in a really ugly way in in your past and brings up a lot of hurt from abuse and different stuff. So I think there's a really important topic to To not just um, have like a one off conversation, but I think this is something that hopefully we can set a little bit of a basis and talk through a, through some things that are really important. But that this is like a really this is a lifelong journey for yeah a lot of people, um, yeah. and and it can bring up a lot of a lot of issues for a lot of people.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully today our conversation can be healing to you. If if sex is something that has wounded you, or you know you might cause some hesitancy or some weirdness when we talk right. about it. that's our hope is that. Jesus can renew all things. He can heal all things. Um, You might have to go through a process with that. But hopefully today we can talk about something that will encourage you, challenge you, Mm -hmm. and uh, start you on that road to healing if if sex has been nothing but a negative thing so far. But I want to jump in with a question that I hear a lot, um, just kind of talked about in culture and especially within the context of young professionals and young adults is this, that one of the biggest misconceptions about sex is that it's only physical, And that in some way, shape or form, and I think this is really kind of a big move in our culture and even in like the 60s and 70s is that you can almost separate uh, sex from your physicality and and like make it like an emotional and mental thing as well. Like that you can, that sex is only physical and that you can separate it from your emotional and mental health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Um, Sex is just two bodies coming together for fun or whatever, but but I want to talk about the effects of sex outside of just the physical. Um, mm-hmm. How, in your all's opinion, do you think that sex can affect your mental and your emotional health, you know, as well as your physicality?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> there was a study actually done by Harvard in in the nineties, um, non-religious, and then there were two other studies that came out in the early two thousands and then um, two thousand sixteen, I want to say, about this concept and. Um, the, the thesis goes like this, the people who report the lowest levels of sexual satisfaction are promiscuous singles with frequent sexual encounters. And this mm-hmm. is from a study that does not have any affiliation to the church, mm-hmm. has no affi- <clears throat> affiliation to sexual morality. <clears throat> this is just a study done. When you have more sexual partners, your overall satisfaction of sex goes down. And the same is true, uh, I know a few years back, um, John Mayer actually came out and said, really talked openly about his um, addiction to pornography and said that he couldn't get Hmm. satisfied. (laughs) Like it needed more and more and more and more. Um, And so to see that and to see those studies, you have to ask the question or make the statement, sex is more than just physical. Yeah. It is. Um, And that's not coming from the words of Jesus. He says that, but it's coming from studies from scientists. So I think you can say you can't separate sex from emotion and it's just a physical thing.
1: Yeah. I I think people that might view it as simply physical tend to maybe have more partners. Um, Sure. Yeah. And I think that can really weigh on that, that physical and that um, or that mental and emotional health. Yeah, well, there's a, like
2: a chemical reaction that takes place when two people have sex that actually um, like binds mm-hmm. people together. And I think that we do live in a culture that um, kind of treats sex like it is just physical. It's like ping pong. It's like we just play the game and we leave. Like I got to test drive the car before I buy it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And and I think that uh, <clears throat> if if you're listening and whether you're a Christian or not, and, and you've had sex, you know that it's far more than physical. Yeah. Like because if you've ever been cheated on, it hurt differently. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Or or you you know the feeling of when um someone had sex with you and then they didn't call you back. Mm-hmm. Like it it's if it was just physical, a lot of those things wouldn't wouldn't it really matter. And and I think that like in Genesis two twenty four um, it says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And flesh here represents the whole person. Uh, flesh represents body, mind, spirit, emotions, yeah. soul. So, sex it, it joins, unites, bonds, fuses two people together. And when you have sex with someone outside of marriage, you are connecting with that person in a way that God only intended for you to connect with your spouse. So God intended for you to connect with your spouse through, through sex, and then God created the institu- institution of marriage for those people to, to stay together, for there to be health there. Yeah. So all of a sudden when we have sex with someone outside of the context of marriage and we leave one another, mm-hmm. it, 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 it does something. So um, I, I just think that it's, it's really important to understand. I think everybody, if you're being really honest, you know that sex is not just yeah. physical
0: Well, Um, and the Bible doesn't shy away from showing this blaring fact all throughout New Testament, Old Testament. But the one story that when Andrew just said all that was (laughs) when Abraham loved Sarah, they wanted to have a child, couldn't have a kid. She's like, okay, she kind of had this thought, well, maybe sex is just physical. I sleep with my servant, Hagar.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And he does, and then she becomes psycho jealous, psycho, (laughs) treats her... really poorly drives her into the desert, doesn't care about the kid, the kid's life. the kid almost mm-hmm. dies in the desert and God actually ended up taking care of them but because um, he's so good and so redemptive and healing um, but to say even and that's in the in scripture and there's so many other stories like this where it's like people go <laughs> crazy yeah. when when they're like, oh well, I didn't expect me to feel this way because it's just physical and I've bought that lie. Yeah. And then the outcome is jealousy, <laughs> envy, anger, all these negative emotions. Well, we talked about it that. last last week. Totally. Of
2: when you when you break up with someone, if there hasn't been sexual contact or any sexual interaction, right. usually that breakup is kinda like, Yeah, it hurts, it sucks, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But when there's been like sexual yeah. intercourse, um, and we're not just saying like the, the act of sex, but like any kind of level of, of sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it, it, you know, you know, it's like, when yeah, you you, know. For, for those of you who have broken up with someone after like having sex, like it, it creates a whole wave mm-hmm. of emotions, um, that would not have been there if, mm-hmm. if sex wasn't a part of the relationship. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Our, our culture is very big right now. And I think in a very good and healthy way on like awareness, as far as like mental health goes and things like that. Um, And it's just funny, in no other context do we view ourselves as just physical. That's almost like an insult, you know? Yeah. Like, no, I'm like a person with a a mind and and emotions. And, you know, we've we've even, like, delving into, like, well, do some of your feelings and emotions form your identity? Like, that's how far we believe in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, mental and emotional health. But then, Mm -hmm. randomly, when it comes to sex, we're just physical, you know? It's like a really weird totally nonsensical thought um well t- like
2: timothy keller says sex is a god invented way to say to another person i belong completely and exclusively and permanently to you yeah and um and <laughs> are we really wanting to say that to the random person that that we at the club yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know and, th- and there's there's also something about like to to prove to even if we haven't beat this horse dead enough like um that say you're in a relationship with somebody and they go off one night and get hammered drunk you're like all right that really makes me mad that you shouldn't but say that person leaves and goes and sleeps with somebody mm-hmm. well, that it does something different, different. to you yeah. because it's not just like a physical it's, it's it's something like internal so yeah um so i th- i think if everybody's been honest with themselves i think they, they would yeah. fully agree and in, n- in
1: no other situation in life do we just view ourselves as yeah. physical unless yeah. it's in exchange with another person. Um, you mentioned something, Andrew, a, a, a second ago, and, and it kind of made me have this thought. When we say, like, when we talk about sex, are we talking about the actual physical act of sexual intercourse or does sex have more of, like, a broad term, like, I don't know, fooling around, messing around, whatever? Like, I guess the question is, when it comes to sex, do do... The, the good things of sex and maybe the harmful things of sex only occur with the actual physical act of sexual intercourse? Or is there some of that get, that gets mixed in? Like, where's the line where we define what sex or physical intimacy is? Does, yeah. does that make sense?
2: <clears throat> yeah, well, I think like like Paul talks about how sexual sin is the only thing that you're sinning against against yourself. Um he also says in ephesians five three he says, Let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality or impurity among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. So sexual immorality equals anything that arouses you sexually. So mm-hmm. any act of sexuality outside of marriage is too far according to God's word, not just the the physical act of sex. And I think that uh, you, you you spoke to this. It was a great message, um like dating it. was it dating the gray or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Dating in the gray was um, about how far is too far. Basically. Yeah, how far is
2: too far, and and the reality is like we we know like yeah. like any act of sexual immorality um, is too far according to to the word of God, um, and so I, I think that that's that's something that we love to like tote the line, yeah. when it comes to that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of see it in this question of, and, and this was sort of the premise of that message was whenever we are asking that question how far is too far we never it never leans in our favor if that right. makes sense like we keep on pushing the too far boundary and not the well how safe is too safe cuz yeah. there's this weird there's this weird fear of like i don't want to be a prude you know or like i don't know but it's like no like there's something like good about not just staying safe but like bulletproofing yourself yeah. like i i was listening to a pastor as we were kind of prepping for this, and he was talking about everybody's scale is a little different, but he he would agree with you. The second you go from attraction to arousal, which sounds weird to say into a microphone, but that's <laughs> that that should be a pretty big signal to you. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this, yeah. this might be too far. And he's like, for some people that might be holding hands. And he's like, I know I sound like a really conservative pastor, but he's like, if if that's the line for you, let that be your line. Mm-hmm. Like some of you, you can kiss or make out or whatever. Like great, but the second you go from oh, I, obviously you're going to be attracted to this person, mm-hmm. but you go from attraction to feeling more than attraction, you should that should be a big mm-hmm. sign in your head of like, hey, yeah, you know, this might be a little too far. Hundred yeah. percent.
0: I like um, one one example that John Mark Comer says in Loveology as he brings up the. Um, character of samson in the bible the person of samson and how um he was a levitical judge and there were very intense rules and regulations like one being you cannot touch a dead body another one being um like you can't have sex with prostitutes another one being you shouldn't um cut your hair like there are all these like really intense you shouldn't um marry um another woman that was not a Jew, Jewish woman. That sounds really archaic. But um, anyways, uh, he makes the point that Samson, before Delilah, he was toting the line. His, his toes were right on the line in each thing. Like he comes across this dead um, lion, and there's honey inside. And he doesn't touch the lion, but he scoops out the honey. He's close enough
1: which is also just gross. But. I know, I know. It was really weird. Yeah, why
0: isn't there? Um, <laughs> yeah. but but he makes it the he had put patterns, um, in his life well before he got in, into bed with Delilah, to say, actually, not li- literally, not figuratively. <clears throat> and then what happens? She cuts his hair. All his strength leaves him, and then, the Philistines gouge his eyes out. And um not saying that that's going to happen to you if you engage in sexual Maybe. sin. Maybe. It might, though. But to see the, like, the Bible draws that, that story up to see, like, how intense God views our, our sexuality and and how what there's such a unique call in our lives. There's so much good things going on in your future um, and how quick it can be taken away when you're not actively seeing yourself in a way that's like, man, am, are my boundaries slipping? Am I right on the line? Are people calling me out? Like, well, And you're not seeing yourself in humility and in um, conviction yeah. anymore. And I know I read that, and I was like, goodness, I'm going to like h- – what am I doing that could maybe slip? Or yeah. what's not on- really really honoring to Conrad? And I just thought that was like a unique perspective on um, – sexual experiences is, yeah yeah. yeah i, th- I think those,
2: those things just change change relationships I, I i can't tell you how many times where i've been talking through counseling yeah. uh, young adult couples and there's just they're having like these little like petty fights where i'm like this doesn't yeah. this doesn't seem like it should be a part of your relationship right now and i always point blank ask like are you guys having sex mm-hmm. and usually <laughs> the girl's always like and the guy's like yeah just, I'm like <laughs> uh, but but it it does it it begins to like really shift yeah. the relationship how how you look at each other how you yeah the, the jealousy aspect and yeah uh, it, it, it does it, it really um it creates a totally different dynamic in yeah in your relationship and
1: i think we talked about this a little bit last week but i think it also like sets up a pattern that's going to carry on into your marriage like if you're always pushing the line of how far is too far, right? Um, does it have to technically be sexual intercourse, like for it to be sex? Like that's not a sex problem. That's a character problem. Yeah. Like that. That's that's going to be something that continues to follow you. Maybe not in in your sex life anymore, but trust me, pushing the line of how far is too far will will put that can manifest in your finances. That can manifest in your your relationship. I mean. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I think when it comes to sexual intimacy and sort of that line of how far can I go, you don't want to find yourself on the side of always pushing that because that's not just a dating thing or or an engaged thing. That's a heart issue. That's like a character issue. And that's not going to leave until you address that.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, C.S. Lewis, he says sexual appetite, like any other appetite, grows by indulgence. Yeah. 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 it's like you're're you're, you're never satisfied. You, you always want more. and so um, if that's been a big part of your life before marriage, all of a sudden you get married and you're like I, I, I want I want more. I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for because I've always had more. I've always gotten to explore more I, I, I just want more. so it, it doesn't allow you to ever be fully fully satisfied. yeah um, and we see that play out in a lot of different ways I think.
1: yeah. Um, I think I've been asked this question in roundabout ways and I'm sure you guys can relate to this. But I think sometimes when it comes to talks about sexual boundaries and and sort of like what are the real repercussions of sex? I mean, I've never been asked this question directly, but kind of in like indirect, indirect ways is like how does having multiple sexual partners affect my life really? Like how does it really affect my future relationships, maybe my future marriage? Like what are the real... Consequences outside of just like oh I mean yeah. I guess I've Been sle- slept with somebody else yeah
0: I think um, for me it all goes back down to trust um, it it does devalue trust when you when you participate in multiple sexual endeavors um, and I'll never forget I was listening to this pastor um, it was him and his wife and I really trust. And honor and respect their marriage and she had brought up this point that when they're dating um, they just found themselves in a vulnerable position um, and he actually ended up getting up and is like I love you this is not happening and um, until we're married and I think they had been engaged at that point and it was just like what's the point like we're getting married in like a week and he's like in a week this well, this will go down <laughs> and she um is reflecting back i think they had been married 11 years at this point and she said from that moment it built incredible trust between us that i know if he was ever in another vulnerable position that he will walk away hmm. and i that stuck with me yeah to say i I trust this human being, even though we're, we're going to get married, even though this feels natural. It should feel natural. You should want to have intimacy with the person you're with. Yeah. Um, but to say I have so much trust in that moment, that that res- resonates 11 years from now, mm-hmm. is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: I think when you don't have that, And that trust has been broken time after time after time. Like, oh, well, I engaged in this, he left. I engaged in that, I was out. That was not what I wanted, not what I was looking for. Marriage is all about trust and intimacy. And when that's not there, I'm like, what are you building on?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, And if sex isn't just physical, so it doesn't just affect you physically. Obviously, there's... uh, Pregnancy, yeah. STIs, like there's like some physical consequences sure. of, of, of those kind of things. Like yeah. um, STDs, STIs, I think yeah. is the new term yeah. uh, But um, <laughs> I saw Zach look at me like, <laughs> 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 um, you know, but I, that's that's not really enough, I think, for people to to avoid um, sex. Sure. But so, but if sex isn't just physical, it's spiritual, mental, emotional, Then, then sex can really affect your heart. Yeah. Sex can really affect your soul. Sean Johnson, our lead pastor, used to always say that there's no condom for the soul, no no <laughs> no pill to protect your heart. And I'm like, yeah. it actually yeah. really, really speaks. Um, because Proverbs 4.23, like if sex affects your heart, like God says above all else, guard, guard your heart because um, everything you do flows from it. And I don't think that God's telling you to flee from sexual morality because God doesn't want you to have any fun, that God wants you to be a prude. So people make fun of you and he can laugh. <laughs> yeah. um, I think God is telling you to, to run from these things, flee from these things, because sex isn't about what you can't have. Sex is about what you can have, I believe. Yeah. And I think that, that God is looking at your future. God is looking at your future um, relationship with your spouse. God is looking at your future um, authority that you have to speak into your kids' lives because you mm-hmm. did this thing right. Like, yeah. I believe that God wants to, he's a loving father um, just as I will speak to my son or my daughter when they get to that age where um, sexual sin could be prevalent in their lives. Mm-hmm. I- I'm going to sit down and speak to them out of grace and love and truth because I want to protect them because yeah. um, I-, I-, I might know mm-hmm. what's best for them, that God wants you to save yourself for your spouse that he's already picked out for I me. Mean, think about it. Like, like God has has picked somebody out for you, whether you believe in soulmates or not, Whitney Best. Um <laughs> But, but but when you really think about right now, like you're 22, 23, to think that God has this like plan laid out for you, mm-hmm. and it's your wife and it's your kids, but but we're willing to trade mm-hmm. something right now for some like instant gratification, um, and so I just think that God wants the best marriage for you. God wants uh, God knows that sex brings hurt and shame and guilt uh, and pain um, in, in a lot of ways. Yes, God understands that sex brings pleasure and all the things, but. But God, God just knows. And so I think that's why God's like, look, run from it, flee from it. Because those of us who haven't, we we know what's on the other side of that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that God's like screams it throughout scripture. Sometimes it's like subtle, but I think God screams this one in yeah. scripture of like flee from it. It's not about what you can't have, yeah. it's about what you can't have. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think there's something that is supposed to be so special about the weird, awkward first time with. You're one and only Mm -hmm. like there's this, you know, like all these people that we look up to in culture, like, oh, man, I don't know, like Zach Morris, like the fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith, you know, like Mm -hmm. stuff like that, like part of their appeal, their draw was it like, oh, I'm good with the ladies. You know know what I mean? It was like something that was like, oh, what is it about that that I like? I want to be like that, you know, Uh and we kind of idolize and we romanticize this idea of being experienced when it comes mm-hmm. to sex or like, you know, knowing what we're doing or like whatever. But I, I literally think there's this this innocent heart that God wants have you guys ever seen? It's it's so terrible. Um but have you ever seen that video I already know you, oh
2: my God. I like, don't know.
1: Of that couple's like first kiss. Like oh, it's like yes. never been kissed or what yes. was that? Yeah, neither
2: one of them have ever kissed anybody. Yeah. until their wedding day. And like
1: their that. first day and it's it is the most <laughs> Disgustingly violent makeout session <laughs> that you've ever seen in your life. And is and as funny as it is, that was so beautiful for them. I mean, it sucks that we all have to witness it, but <laughs> like, but there's something about that innocence. And then that, that couple is gonna get to discover the whole world that sex has to offer, but only in the safety. Of each other yeah. yeah so there's gonna be weirdness but it's gonna be weird with just them yeah. you know yeah, what 100%. I mean and so there's no point of reference there's no comparison there's no mind yeah. games that yeah. like mm-hmm. can take place and so if you're asking yourself like what is the cost like the next time you find yourself in a situation where you could go to bed with somebody um, there is a cost always that you're paying always yeah and it's it's you're sacrificing something it's mm-hmm. trust it's real intimacy and it's genuinely this this naive but beautiful discovery of what sex is mm-hmm. with with the person you're supposed to share it with your entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think if we're being honest, not not all of our listeners will will relate to this, but I think there's a lot of people that um, might come to young at all who are aren't virgins. They're not virgins. They've mm-hmm. you know they've. Had sex, had multiple sexual partners, and so we kind of talked about this a little bit um, in the last podcast. But there is such a trust that sex can bring, and such a trust that sex can breach um, when used incorrectly. And so maybe just we're all married here at this table, like you know, we were talking about like when is the right time when you're dating mm-hmm. to have those conversations <clears throat> about, hey, here's my sexual past, here's my sexual history. Um, I think you referenced it, but it doesn't just die when you get married. It actually Mm -hmm. comes to head Mm -hmm. even more so in a marriage. And so I don't know, what are some practical ways to maybe navigate that season or those conversations of, hey, this is my past. This is my baggage. This is my hurt. This is what I've willingly chose to do. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? Well, because that's what sex brings when it's out of the safety and context of a marriage relationship.
0: I think it's always easy <clears throat> in the moment to when you're when you are dating, let's just say, when that conversation does get brought up to meet the other person with so much grace and like I receive you for who you are. <laughs> and that's so easy to do <clears throat> when you're not having sex. Yeah. And <clears throat> when you're married, um I don't think that it's like a one and done thing. Like, oh, we talked about it one time. And then I re- I received you in grace, and then now we, it's completely off the table. Right. Yeah. And I think kind of like what Andrew, I know before this, um, before we film this podcast, and this is going to sound really harsh, um, but yeah, like if you are like the accuser in that relationship, or maybe it's both of you guys, that in marriage, there is maybe a season where you can open up and – not just shut the other person down, and it's kind of you kind of you take it on the chin a little bit if like your other has questions or doubts or insecurities. I know one of my based, based really on close your history base, yeah, yeah like yeah. I know one of my best girlfriends um recently got married in um this got brought brought up in tears crying because mm-hmm. she had never had sex before, and there was just like a Unique, awkward situation that happened. And, I mean, it was like a fracture moment. And then, but how her husband responded was just so amazing. And, like, loved her, grabbed her, held her, um, and just kind of was like, yeah, let's talk about it. And um, so I think in marriage, I think we're like, oh, it's the Band-Aid. have to cover it all. We can never talk about this ever again because God has redeemed me. And it's like, oh. Andrew, like, come right. on, speak to, speak, to, <clears throat> speak to that from a boy's perspective.
2: Yeah, well, I think that um, in dating, you have blinders on. Mm-hmm. Most of the time in dating, unless you've been, like, really, really burned over and over and over again, you're not looking for everything that's wrong with the person. So you, yeah. so you, you tend to sometimes have blinders on. So so when someone unveils their sexual history, you're like, well, I, I like this person. It's like, like finally working. It's never mm-hmm. worked with anybody else. So, like, I'm going to... Yes, I love you. I have grace on you. Yeah. Um, but then it just becomes real when you share the marriage bed. Yeah. And um, now this person has seen you naked. Um, mm-hmm. you you had sex and did you perform the way that other people have performed? And now all of a sudden, like you create questions and you create doubts. Um, and so I I do think and I this isn't to to like scare people, but I th- I think that this is like a reality of yeah of sharing a marriage bed together. And, like, you're taking two really broken people who have some broken past and trying to, like, join them together. And I, I think that we have to be be honest with that. And, and if you have to know that once you start sharing the marriage bed, like, you're going to have to have some conversations around that. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to um, allow that person. So think about it this way. You share in your dating, like, I've had a really bad sexual past. They're probably going to have tons of grace on you.
0: 100%.
2: 10 out of 10 times, they'll probably be like, I love you. It's amazing. You're such yeah. a good man. God yeah. is so
0: redeemed. Yeah, believe
2: in. But once best. you get married, you as the person who has a sexual past, you have to have grace on that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to like allow them to to feel hurt and to, yeah. to process through those things. I'm not saying that happens for everybody, but from what I've seen, that that happens a lot. Um, so yeah, I think that that's that's something that people have to understand. So oftentimes, the consequences of sex aren't always yeah right in the moment. Yeah. Um. Sometimes their their future down the road, and that that's not God, um, trying to hold you down or throw shame on you. Yeah. It's just, I think this is part of why God's like, yo, listen. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there's some stuff coming down the pipeline when you get married that is will be difficult.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's okay to like breach the communication line. I think a lot of the times there's a lot of, I I've even asked this question like, gosh, like, do I need to know all the details? What do I need to know? What do I don't need to know? Um, and then there can be like a fracture in how you communicate. Um, and sometimes I'm just like, just just say it. Just get, like ask the question. Get off your chat, Like just communicate, especially when you're married. Because marriage is the all-time best because you can communicate. Yeah. You can communicate about um, really vulnerable things. Yeah.
1: yeah. Marriage isn't the band-aid for sex. It's actually ripping the band-aid yep. clean off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it <laughs> it does not it doesn't sugarcoat your your past. It it actually mm. reveals it. And um yeah, like we were talking about last week, there is a time and a place to share that. But then like when you're dating, but then like you not, not to be too weird here, but you get married, you have sex, you're laying in bed with somebody and you're like, oh wait, you've, you've done this with somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, or like, but how'd you know about that? Or, or mm-hmm. how do you know you don't like that? Or you do like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, we're so vulnerable right now, yeah, but you're bringing somebody else into this. Mm-hmm. That's not supposed to be in this, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I think the more partners you have, I know like our world kind of glorifies it. Um, I Just think, man, the more partners you have, the more conversations you have coming down the road. Mm-hmm. And the more like you're not starting at the ground level and building trust, you're starting, you're digging a giant ditch and then just making it to ground level will mm-hmm. be special. Um, but and this might sound ominous. I Sorry, I'm not trying to sound like ominous. Like if you've had sex before you're married, you are just doomed. Right. Um, No, genuinely, because we love you guys and we want the best for you, we just want to be crystal clear in a world that's sending you so many messages of do what you want. There's no repercussion. There's no consequence. Listen, Jesus can heal everything, and he does. Jesus takes bad situations and redeems them for your good. Mm -hmm. But redemption isn't just a moment. Redemption is sometimes a process. And unfortunately, in the realm of sex and sexuality, Mm that is a very emotionally charged and very sometimes painful process to be healed. But you can be, and you can have trust. Even if you've had a a million sexual partners before, Mm -hmm. you can have trust, and you can build a healthy marriage. We're just saying that don't necessarily buy into the story that there's not something on the other side of the decision that you're making. Yeah, yeah, and we, we
2: talked about this before, um is that one of the top reasons for divorce is sexual issues mm-hmm. with, within marriage um and so I, I think that's that's why um we, we are passionate about it because it, it it is so important and it can be really detrimental um but it does just takes a lot of communication it takes trust it takes yeah. time to to build trust and and i i think what happens is that um we kind of share our stuff and then we don't we don't work through it. Like there, there's some people who um, their first day of getting married, they need to get into counseling. <laughs> uh, you know, ma- marriage has a lot a lot of challenges in and of its own. And so I, I think that um, we have to fight really, really hard to enter into marriage um, with the least amount of stuff as possible. But the reality is, is most of us bring our baggage Yeah. and we have to work through it and fight through it. And so by no means are we saying that because most people – I mean, from what we know, I'd probably say 90, 95% of people go into marriage with sexual baggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And many married couples do a great job and figure it out. Yeah, um, There's people who get divorced who probably don't have any sexual baggage. So we're not saying by any means this is the right. the tell-all for a healthy marriage or an unhealthy marriage. But what we are saying um, is that it, it is going to take some communication. It's going to take some uh, building trust.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... We all, we always talk about sex within the framework of marriage. Is is sex the only reason a person should get married? Like, uh, is quenching that sexual desire? Like, let's say you you like somebody, you're not totally sold on them, but you know you're like whatever. I'm I, I really want to do it for some reason. <laughs> like. Do you rush into marriage if that's, I don't know, like it, it is the only reason to get married or maybe not the only reason, but is a huge reason to get married to have sex or is it is it deeper than that?
0: Okay. This is going to be really charged. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Absolutely not. And here's why. I know um, just being really vulnerable that I'm walking through that exact thing right now with my dad and literally got married for the second time after my mom passed. And they're in the middle of a divorce right now. And my dad jumped in because this is gonna honor God if we wait to have sex. They dated, I think it was like four months. I never met her before they had gotten married. And then my dad, on the tail end of it, three years later, has is very openly saying to me and to my sisters, do not do that. Um, like sex is not a cure all, and it, it, it's da- it's a dangerous game if that's the only reason why you want to get married. Um, it's a very sm- small but significant part of your relationship, and so I obviously am working through baggage <laughs> currently. If you cannot <laughs> tell, <laughs>
1: yeah, but
0: absolutely not.
1: Yeah, so obviously sex is, is a part of marriage, mm. but. I guess how much of a part of marriage is it like it should it be a primary reason to marry a person or is marriage way more complicated than just, I want to see this person naked.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's probably an element to it. You know, um, if you're attracted to the person you're like, I want to have sex with you one day. I don't want to see you with your clothes off. Like, um, I, I, yeah, I totally get that. Um, but but there are times where where um, sex is eliminated from from marriage, mm-hmm. um, whether it's like during pregnancy or after a kid or the, or or disability or like like there's so many things that can happen in marriage that like when you stand before someone at um, at the altar to get married, you're yeah. committing to so many other things. Yes. Like so, even if this was taken out of our relationship, I'm still gonna love you. I'm still mm-hmm. gonna engage with you and so um i think yeah sex is obviously a very strong part of of i think a healthy thriving marriage mm-hmm. i think sex is is a healthy part of your relationship um but yeah it's, it it can't be the the end all um, yeah you know and I, I was even telling you guys earlier like uh gary brugman was was telling me that he's like i know he, he's like our staff counselor he's like i know couples who have great sex but hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Um it, like legitimately it's like they have great sex, but they hate each other. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so so sex it, it can it can skew things in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. It can make you feel more connected than what you actually are. And I think that's why people end up staying with a relationship yeah. and dating a lot longer than they probably should, because we have great sex. Mm-hmm. We both enjoy each other, we both know what each other like, mm-hmm. we know how to please each other, it's great. We've never had that connection with anybody else. But you know, like, you connect nowhere else. Mm-hmm. But yeah. sex is your driving factor. And so you've stayed with someone a lot longer yeah. because you have this great sexual connection and you really desire the pleasure. And you're like, how could I ever let this go? Yeah. But you get married and if sex gets taken away for a season, you have no other levels of intimacy. And so you'll see yourself wreck pretty mm-hmm. freaking
1: hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to echo all of that. While whilst marriage is the only safe space for sex um and while yes a healthy desire to see somebody else naked or to want to have sex with them should be a part of it like you said last week whitney so elegantly like you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to be with somebody you don't find attractive um and that, but that's true but marriage is so much more than the safe place to have sex right like you're inviting somebody else on your journey you're, you're your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, your fears, mm-hmm. which go way deeper than yeah. just a sexual relationship, um, is is there. Like that's what you're inviting somebody into. And mm-hmm. so if you're, if you're right now, if you're dating and you're having sex, but you're not really connecting on a lot of other levels, but you're like, well, we're already having sex. Like should we – man, marriage is way more than just a guilt-free sex mm-hmm. space. So, yeah. man, really, really consider that. Um, we're winding down on time, but I want to give this – it's enough enough time and space to talk about Um, sex. Like we said earlier, it's a beautiful gift. Um, It's made to bring healing and restoration and connection uh, to a married man and woman. Um, But so many of us feel a sense of shame and a sense of guilt um, when it comes to our sexuality, maybe guilt from things we've chosen to do and maybe shame from things that either we've done or things that have been done to us. And so, um, we're not experts and we're not um, counselors, but I think we need to give it a, at least a few moments. How do you heal or even begin the healing process um, from the shame and the guilt that can come from unhealthy and unloving sexual experiences?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got like three quick quick points with it. Um, Go for it. Like I, I I'd say like number one um if if like you're someone who has actively sought something out, whatever you um like repent like um first 1 John one nineteen says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins mm-hmm. and purify us from all unrighteousness confess mm-hmm. um or, or or if you're somebody who has had um something sexual abuse or something happened to you, get those things into the light because right now you've isolated yourself. Yeah. And the enemy works best in the dark you know um and so i think when we bring things in the light like we confess and james just says where there's confession there's freedom and and so so i think we have to like repent we have to confess um and then i think the second thing is like we have to run from anyone or anything that tempts us Mm. from sexual immorality Mm -hmm. like you you, some of you have like repented 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 but you've kept the person hanging around you've kept their number um you haven't blocked them on instagram you've kept their dms open like you Mm -hmm. So at some point you have to like run from the, the thing or the person and and like get them out of your life, or else you're just gonna fall, fall back into it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the, the third thing is decide from this point on, I'm gonna do things God's way. Mm-hmm. And so, God, you have forgiven me. I have fought to flee from those things. And God, I'm choosing to do this thing your way. I'm gonna deny my flesh in this season and I'm gonna fight to do this your way. Um I, I did that when I was a sixteen year old. <laughs> like um and i fought really hard from that point on as a 16 year old to do this thing god's way so i could look at my wife mm-hmm. and say um i've saved myself for it wasn't great when i was yeah. 16 <laughs> yeah but i've saved myself from that point on like what a beautiful thing to be able to look at your yeah. spouse and be like look I, i'm sorry i mm-hmm. i did not deny anything I, I i pursued and and i have sinned against you i have sinned against god but that day, I chose I was gonna do it God's way. I believe God has forgiven me, and I've saved my. That, that's a beautiful thing. If you can stand yeah. before your spouse at the altar, and be like I know I've been perfect. Mm-hmm. And dude, I just think God God can work in that. God God forgives you of your sins. It throws your sins as far as the east is from the west. Mm-hmm. Um, so so shame shame is from the enemy. He's trying to hold you in that because yeah. if he can hold you in that, he's gonna hold you in in your marriage. Yeah, and you're gonna be a shell of your of. You're supposed to
1: be, yeah. It's and it's never too late to have a fresh start and to do things God's way. Like, I know I, I one of my first marriages I ever performed, I was counseling this couple, um, and they were eight months pregnant and, and not married. I mean, mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't really hide. Um, and they they talked and they approached me and were like, Hey, I really feel like I mean, we're, we're living together, obviously, we've slept together, we're, we're about to start a family. But we really feel like we need to do something different before we say I do. And they were like two weeks out. And so I just challenged them. I was like, listen, as the guy, you need to move out. You need to stop living together. And even though it's two weeks away, um, and you need to stop sleeping together until you're married. And this might sound so stupid, but they came to me on their wedding day after I'd married them. And they're like, hey, we, we did that. For two weeks, I slept on my friend's couch. We didn't sleep together, and we just feel like God's kind of happy that we did that. Wow. And I was like, "Dude, yeah. He's so happy you did that." Because In two weeks, two weeks, because just, yeah. it's not it's not the amount of time necessarily. It's your decision to say, "I'm going to say yes to God's way." Attitude of the heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. and That's and great. and I'm not kidding. I, I felt God be like, "Hey, that was awesome. They yeah. crushed it." Mm-hmm. You wow. know. That's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, when you come from a, a female perspective, I know sometimes there can be a, a narrative and it might be true. It might not be that that sexual wounds can affect girls. Yeah, worse on um, like the shame and the guilt can sometimes feel heavier for mm-hmm. a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's true or not, but what would you give it? What would you tell maybe some ladies that are listening? What are even some first steps? to take if you feel sexual shame or guilt or baggage that you can start to get healing from that?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I will just say number one, like we're here for you and this ministry is here for you. And, um, that there are so many like female leaders like Milana, um, and other girls on, on staff that can like meet with you. Um, and just hear it kind of like what Andrew was saying, like confession. And and that sounds like such a harsh word. Um, maybe it's like stuff that you participated in and it didn't really feel like, I don't know, like that it, it did happen to you. And yeah, you,
1: confession isn't because necessarily because you messed up. Right. Yeah. Confession can be a way for you to share something that's been right. hidden on the inside.
0: Right. Of you. Right. Um, and I don't know why. I just had this like memory. Um, there was a student, this was like, I want to say three years ago now. Um, And we was at one of our events in the summer and I just went up to her and she was crying. I'm like, can I pray for you? And she's like, no, I need to tell you something. And then just kind of shared um, in that moment, like God was like, sure. What happened to you? And there's like, obviously some really intense, very huge abuses of mistrust um, that had happened to her. And in that moment, there's like, she's like, but I feel like really free. And she was crying. Like, I I don't even feel like weight, the weight of that anymore. And it wasn't even like what I was doing. I was just sitting there like holding her hand and letting her talk and God, like it was a worship song playing and God singing over her. Mm-hmm. And so, Obviously, number one, yes, like I, I really want that experience for you. Like hopefully we can meet back and you can have the, meet with a leader and have like God sing over you in corporate worship. Um, But I will say this too, like there are so many like amazing counselors. Like one of my friends is going to school for counseling and um, she has to take a whole course on sex therapy. Um, And that's not like, oh, me and my husband are having issues. That's part of it. But it's a <clears throat> lot of like – talking through and working out and why do I want to do this? Why, why did this happen? Just, there's a lot of like resources out there for you to talk about it and to gain healing that way. And so, I don't know. I'm just sorry. Like sex does feel like, so you you want to hide it. You want to like, Oh, that never happened or Oh, like sweep it under the rug a little bit. And I just want to say like, We are here, and we want to talk about the hard stuff. That's why we did a whole podcast on this topic. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, like, we'll be praying for you this week. And I know a lot of people submitted questions about the shame part of it. And, yeah, man, like, we're for you. We're in your corner.
2: Yeah, and I think that, um, like, what's important to, to let people know is that sometimes you look at your past you look at the things that have happened to you or what you've done and you're like i'm just never going to be able to have the marriage i always thought i would have Mm -hmm. and that's like that's like a hard thing for people like because of what happened to me Mm -hmm. when i was a kid or whatever or what i've done i'll never be able to have the kind of relationship that i thought i was going to have and that hurts for someone to feel that but we can just encourage you that um you can have the relationship that you've always dreamed of. Yeah. You can have the marriage mm-hmm. that you've always dreamed of. Um, that 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 maybe it might be a different road to, to get there than maybe you wanted it to be. But we fully believe in the redemptive story of of Jesus Christ. Um, mm-hmm. Go read in scripture for yourself how God redeems everyone throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. so you can have a redeeming marriage. But but there are levels of um, of being proactive to have that. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you've had a ton of things happen to you, if you go into marriage without exposing those things and help and processing and getting some healing, yeah, your spouse is going to gonna pay for some of that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to cause. So, so I just think that there is a level of like, we have to be like, okay, this is a re- the reality is this is what has happened. Mm-hmm. I admit that this happened. It sucks. I can't believe it happened, Yeah, but it happened, but I still get the, the marriage that I want I'm going to fight yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Every relationship
1: is fighting for. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you close friendships are you know, great moments working through hard times. Yep. Mm-hmm. Marriage is no different. But yeah, I know that sex is really heavy, sexual baggage, sexual sin, sexual wounds can feel really heavy, but kind of like what Andrew's saying, I just want to end this and encourage you on this note. second Corinthians 5:17. You all have heard it before, but it's it's so true and it's true in this area too. It says, therefore, if anybody's in Christ, you're new. Um, you're new. The new is actually come. It's not gonna come one day hypothetically. Right. When you when you find yourself in Christ, you're new. It's come. Mm-hmm. The old, the baggage, the hurt, the pain, that's gone. You can you can work through that. You can walk through that, um, and you can live in the new that's here right. right now. And that's what we believe for you. That's what we believe for every single person listening to this. Um, whether you've never had any any negative sexual experience or whether that just seems to be your life story. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that in Jesus, you're new. You can be made new. He can work yeah. all things for your good. Mm-hmm. He can heal you. He can bring you peace. And he can give you a relationship like you've never dreamed imaginable. Mm-hmm. And so we love you guys so much. Um, is there any final thoughts you guys want to share before we before we wrap up?
0: Yeah, kind of just really jump really quick, jumping off Andrew's point. I just want to say this: marriage really is the all time best, and God does work in in insane ways, mysterious ways, um, for our good. Like He loves us so much that li- these little parts of our lives stack up. And me and Andrew are talking. I'm like speaking a message at youth, um, kind of about God's goodness and He loves you. And Andrew, you had said like um, that God in a symphony. There's like weird instruments, like an oboe, stupid oboe. (laughs) Such an ugly sounding instrument. Or what else did you say?
2: A bassoon. (laughs) A
0: bassoon, (laughs) a bassoon. (laughs) But no one really wants to hear that. And no one really wants to like, you know, parts of your life, you're like, oh, I have all this guilt, shame, whatever. No one wants to hear about that. And yet to make this huge orchestra symphony, to make it sound amazing, to sound like Harry Potter... You know, you have to have all these ugly sounding instruments, and it comes together to make such a beautiful um, display of glory. And I do think that's what God wants for our marriages. That, yes, there's like parts of our lives equally like, mm, ooh, that doesn't sound good on its own. Um, but yet, there's this like beautiful display of redemption in marriage. And marriage, I'll be the first advocate. I know we kind of made it sound like, ooh, there's a lot of stuff in marriage. <laughs> marriage is such. The best, it, it is. is the best. It is. So I want. We'll, I wanted we'll to say do that. a
1: podcast on that. We're we're gonna talk about marriage, but yeah, um, yeah, that's what we have for you. You're new, the old's gone, the news here. Um, we love you guys, Andrew. Would you pray for us, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. Yeah,
2: Lord, thank you so much for this time, Lord. I pray that you would uh, speak to each person individually, Lord. That, um, man, every person when it comes to this topic, there is a level of baggage, even if they have kept themselves pure. <laughs> there's just there's things that you see or things that you experience from your parents or um, or pastors that that you know that have um, gone off the deep end and these kind of things like there's just there is baggage to this and so God I just pray that you would speak to each person uniquely and uh, Lord I, I, I'll say it again like I said before Lord this isn't about what we can't have this is about what we can have and God you love us and and you genuinely believe or you want the best for us Lord and I feel like if we can't believe that then I feel like that's um, gonna throw us for a curve in this life, Lord. I think that we just have to fight to believe and trust that you do want the best for us. And if we believe that, then we're gonna try to walk and follow your way as the best as possible. So, um, Lord, I pray and believe for uh, redemption for many people, restoration. Mm-hmm. God, we love you, we trust
1: you, ask all in your name, amen, 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 and amen. All right, well, thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Um, whatever platform you listen to. Spotify, uh, Apple podcast, even called Apple podcast, just podcast, whatever, Um, whatever you listen to, be sure to subscribe. And if you know somebody that could be interested or this conversation could help them, give it a share. Uh, We love you guys so much. Be sure to follow along on rya.org for all things young adults from me, Andrew, Whitney, Zach, and Milana. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.